From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 477. Today's show is brought to you by Squarespace and Uni Pizza Ovens. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Very good, my friend. How are you? I'm very good as well. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm down with signing off for very good. That's excellent. Uh, it's September now. We're into September. Uh, September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. So here at Relay FM, we are turning our attention to raise money for the wonderful people over at St. Jude's, the third consecutive year in which we are supporting the life-saving mission of St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. That mission is very simple, one I think we can all sign on for, finding cures, saving children. Because cancer kills more children under the age of 14 than any other disease. Doctors from all 50 states of the U.S. and around the world refer their patients to St. Jude because they have the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive childhood cancers. St. Jude also provides thousands of free consultations for doctors treating children worldwide, including kids in your community. So this September, you can join Relay FM's efforts to raise the funds and awareness needed to treat and defeat childhood cancer. You can donate today at stjude.org slash relay. Let's cure childhood cancer together. Now, Brad, as well as this incredible thing, <laughs> right, we are obviously we're going ahead again and you are putting together something truly amazing for Panatic listeners who donate to St. Jude. So starting from now, September 1st until September 21st, we are doing a Panatic St. Jude raffle. So when you make a donation... You can be. You will be able to be entered by emailing your donation receipt to Saint Jude at penaddict.com. It's an email address, S T J U D E at penaddict.com. Every ten dollars donated gets you one raffle ticket. You can get unlimited tickets, unlimited entries. You can pledge as much money as you want, and every ten dollars will be converted to one ticket. So if you put in a hundred dollars, that's ten tickets. A thousand dollars, that's a hundred tickets. And obviously, the more tickets you have, the more likely you are to win some of the absolutely incredible prizes. Uh, just FYI, I might not be using the correct legal language here, but we're all friends. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All right. I, I worry about that. I don't have any like legalities on yeah. this. So no, we're like, all buds let's here, be nice. Right? And we're, <laughs> we're raising, raising money, money for, for childhood the kids. cancer. So like, just, you know, <laughs> get off our backs. Uh, <laughs> I worry about that too. <laughs> but yeah. I'm well, like, come on, it's for the kids. And like, I'm just going to have to The great do people over at uh, St. Jude haven't told us to stop doing it yet so <laughs> so yeah, don't stop making me give away cool stuff so there you want to you, you want to know what we have so far for the kids mike yeah this so last year we kind of did uh one one prize right yeah it was the mm-hmm. the the custom uh lami safari from the wonderful jonathan yeah. brooks They're this year uh our incredible community of makers and friends <laughs> Yeah, uh, we we're, we're having to beat him off of a stick. If, yes, uh, wanted to give us stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I I've had this field notes collection that I've wanted to um, use for something good um, for quite a while. We've talked mm-hmm. about it for years. Um, so now's the time for me to donate my field notes collection. Um, this releases. is the grand prize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Releases one through forty two from 
butcher orange to butcher blue to grass stain all the way up to issue 42 like you could they're up to 51 now you can pick up any if you want to like really flesh out your collection you can get all that stuff like for for cover price but this is the old rare stuff um giving them uh you know as a prize to to raise money for the kids like that's what i wanted to use this for and i've been holding off on doing it until it was the right time now it's the right time and i'm gonna reiterate all of this for you to really land i think the the magnitude of this prize (laughs) one person will win the first 42 editions of field notes a sealed three pack of every single one of the first 42 some of these are just not available. You may be, as the winner of this, <laughs> the only person with, with a few of these editions in a CO3 pack, for all mm-hmm. I know, because some of them are that difficult to find. They do yeah. not exist anywhere else. I'm sure I'm not the only person with this collection, but this is uh, this is one of the few collections. that sh- This is certainly the only one that you can acquire and without having to pay, like... <laughs> This the, would be an incredible amount of money to yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to buy. Uh, obviously, we recommend that whoever wins this doesn't try to flip yeah. them, you know. Yeah. But like, do whatever you, you do. Want. You, it's your gift. It's you your not, yeah. it's your prize. I should say. I want but, money for the kids. You do whatever you want. <laughs> fair enough. So. Once I mentioned that we were doing this, of course, our wonderful friends in the community uh, started reaching out to donate more prizes for this raffle including uh jonathan brooks once again is donating i almost don't know how to explain this but we're going to call it a carolina penco plus spoke pen pen so what this is is the spoke pen icon which is the fountain pen and jonathan engineered and built an acrylic eyedropper insert oh for the God. icon i want this one uh, yeah so i got it well, i'll have <laughs> pictures of this so <laughs> It's basically a sleeve designed to fit into the spoke pen icon that you can eyedropper. So that's going to be a giveaway item. So Jonathan made that special just for this giveaway. I have also a Canalea Penco Kona Cherry, the Mike 2021 pin of the year, uh, voted by Penworld readers, mm-hmm. I believe that is correct. The Kona Cherry, also one of my personal favorites, uh, courtesy of our friends at Canalea Penco. I also have a Kasama Tala in Ultim, which is a, another personal favorite pen of mine um, from the wonderful Mark Bacchus, a.k.a. the Nib Grinder. And he is kindly donating not just that, but any nib grind you want. A nib grind of choice on that nib for uh, that's in the Kasama Tala. Again, I'll have links and pictures when I post this. More details on that in a minute. And speaking of Ultim... I have a Shone Design Ultim via our good buddy Ian Schoen. Um, with I think that has a fine steel nib in it. So this is a really awesome pen that uh, Ian has kindly provided for a giveaway here. So it's worth noting these are all individual prizes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Each one of those pens will be awarded to separate individuals. It's not like one big grand prize. Correct, correct. So we're gonna have a bunch of winners and we might have more. Um as mm-hmm. like I'm not I'm not telling anyone they can't donate a prize to this between now and September twenty first. If someone comes up with September twentieth, hey, let's put include this. It's going on the page. So the page will be live on um the Pen Attic blog on Thursday was when I'm gonna actually officially 
you know, have everything written up, have all the pictures, have all the details and specs of all the products we have so far, have all the details in case, you know, you, you didn't quite follow us today, but you're welcome to go ahead, starting today, donate to St. Jude, email your receipt to stjudeatpananic.com, and for every $10 you donate, you get one raffle ticket, and we'll be raffling off all of these prizes to individual winners. Um, uh, after the closing of this raffle which is september 21st so you know that's what we have right now i'm expecting we'll have more i have i have irons in the fire trying to get some more items and i'm sure once this goes live uh to where i have someone to link it someone can link to it we'll uh, hopefully start getting a few more things in so i appreciate everyone's support and uh i i am excited to see what we can do this year mike me too so we did I checked last year, uh, the Panatic was responsible for a little over $11,000, and yep. it was just awesome. So and, I have and to beat that this year. W- when we were preparing for our campaign this year with, with uh, Ulsac, which is the company, like it's the fundraising arm of St. Jude, that's the name of it. It's like two, it's, it's like two separate companies in one, which I, I'm sure there's a million legal reasons why that has to be the case. But Ulsac's entire purpose is to raise money for St. Jude. They specifically mentioned this as one of the important parts of the campaign. So, mm-hmm, the panatic uh, part, the panatic part, because yep. they, it raised a lot of money, and so we would like you know this is a podcast uh, fo- focused solely around commercialism, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what yeah. we talk about buying yeah. things. So please give a little bit of money, whatever you can, to St Jude. So this, I'll, I'll talk you through one last time the way that you go about this. Go to stjude.org slash relay. You make a donation. You'll get sent an email receipt. Forward that email receipt to stjude at penaddict.com, and that will enter you in. Every $10 that you uh, pledge to St. Jude will be one raffle ticket. Yep. Yep. So last year I took all the entries for every $10. You got a line on a spreadsheet, and then we went over to random.org and picked random numbers. Told it to pick a number between this range, and that's how we did it. So we'll do it uh, the same way this time. Maybe, Brad, if you were up for it, me and you could get on stream together and do a big grand prize drawing. Yeah, I, I think we'd have. I think we can figure that out. I yeah. think we can make that happen. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's All talk right. about something fun, Mike. Is I, this yeah, I think fun? you're you're dreading you're dreading this topic. I, mean, I am ready I've to read have fun the, with I've it. I've read it. I've looked through the stuff, <laughs> and I don't. I'm not convinced of how this is going to be a fun conversation. So maybe you can. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag Mont Blanc Gate, Mike. Uh. Hashtag Mont Blanc Gate. That's not my name. This is from the Fountain Pen Memes Instagram uh, page, which is actually how I first found out about the fact, and I say that fact, that Mont Blanc is duplicating, exactly duplicating limited edition inks from years prior to years current. Facts, because Mont Blanc is apparently not smart enough to remove stickers from old inks. Okay, that's great. To new inks, they're literally morons. <laughs> that is so good. This that's my favorite part of this. <laughs> How can that not be fun, Mike? So what's happening here? So this is not new in our world, but I want to talk about it. Because Mont Blanc is a, it's a huge company, and let's just—I'm going to cut to the chase. This shocks me zero percent. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about that more as we get to the end of this. But other companies in our space, Lamy, Diatramentus, Sailor, have all 
made a limited edition ink or made an ink, took it away, and at some point years down the line brought it back as something different and called it something different. Well, Mont Blanc, I don't want to say they're different, but they're different in the fact that they really lean on these limited edition releases. Like that's one of their big marketing pushes like every month or every two months is, hey, we made this ink with like you know, this particular one, James Dean. Um, you know, they have all these, you know, historical characters that they're pushing these inks on. And then they'll have just separate limited edition colors, say petrol blue, just pop up multiple times during the year. And now once they dis once, you know, someone discovered this, and like I said, I found it on fountain pen memes and they're doing a good job of tracking it all, people went back and started looking at bottles and are finding stickers. <laughs> on other bottles like the around the world in 80 days blue is the same ink as the petrol blue and so like it basically and they know the, this the because sticker the on stickers the on the bottle just says petrol blue or whatever right like <laughs> yes yeah. it's amazing i love this so much um look it's dirty right like mont blanc is doing us dirty and that i mean that from a hobbyist perspective i mean you and me and the people listening to this show this is not cool for us. Like we spend our time and our money and want to enjoy these experiences. And some people really like their limited edition inks and they're getting screwed on this deal, right? They're getting jobbed. Mm-hmm. Let me also say this. Mont Blanc could not care less. Why would they? They, they could not care less what you and I think yeah. about them duplicating these inks because they're shipping these inks off to their boutiques and selling James Dean's face on the cover of the box, and it's a red that they used three years ago. And Are they literally... pairing these inks with pens, or is it just inks? Um, there's, I mean, they do inks with pens, like when they did the Beatles, right? That had a, a purple Beatles ink, and they've done some, like, Miles Davis inks and pens, and they do some combos, but I don't know, like, the full list of duplicated inks. Right. So some a lot of their inks are just like one-offs, which, you know, by one-off, I mean like every month or every other month, they're doing, you know, some special ink and putting some special logo and things on it. Like this is on purpose, right? Like this is just Mont Blanc. This is how they are doing business. For From our perspective, it's wrong and I hate everything about it. But from Mont Blanc's perspective, they just do not, they do not care. I promise you, they do not care. Even fountain pen memes, like, they have a thing for Mont Blanc PR, like, ask them, hey, are these inks duplicated? And they're like, yeah, these inks are totally duplicated. Like, they, don't, <laughs> they, don't, they do not care. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, hi, this is the reply from Mont Blanc PR. Hi, as a matter of fact, you are absolutely correct in your assumption. <laughs> Like this isn't an issue for them. Why would they? But like, why would they? So here's my point, and this goes back to a long ago conversation about Sailor Apricot, where I fell in love with this Sailor Apricot ink, and it went away. So I tried to find a couple of extra bottles, right? And you know, I found my my bottles, and then a few years later, they come back with either. Uh, Sailor Ken Makuse, and then later Sailor Apricot. The, these companies are always recycling this stuff. What's limited at one time 
and goes away doesn't mean it's not going to be reintroduced at a later date. So don't get caught up in limited edition ink hype. Um, don't get caught up in a lot of limited edition hype, period, because these companies are, are they're not inventive enough to continually come out with new products. In Mont Blanc's case, they just don't care. In Sailor's case, I, I don't know. Um, you know, if they just thought, well, maybe that was so popular, maybe we made a mistake and shouldn't have discontinued it. Let's put it back, like with Grenade and you know, and all these other inks that they. This is not the only ink that they've done it with. So, in like Diatrimenus, just flat out makes a standard color. Let's call it dark blue, and then makes a line up of famous people inks and literally uses all the stock inks and just puts a different label on it. Like it's just what. A, it's annoying. It's frustrating from a hobby perspective. Don't get caught up in it from a consumer perspective because this is bound to happen again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lamy Turquoise and Lamy whatever they decided to call the remake of it. Pacific Blue, I can't even remember what they did. And it's the exact same color. It's going to happen over and over again. So just be careful with limited edition inks like there's there's no reason for them to just not out not get out the uh formula, run it through again and call it something else and slap a different label on it. So yeah. I, I find it especially funny that it's Mont Blanc, but I'm zero percent surprised and they will one hundred percent do it again. I mean this is one of those things where we're trying to also maybe some people are if I mean, I don't know if anyone's really mad about this, but uh, yeah. prescribing the small maker ideals onto a massive multinational corporation. Right. Like, I mean, the people that are mad who are recently, if they recently paid a premium for an out-of-production ink and turn over the ink bottle on a new ink and find it to have the same label and it's at the regular price. Yeah. Our our, our friends over at the Tentarius podcast, I don't know if I said that right. I'm sorry, Jeffrey and, and Eric. They have uh, the title of their podcast this week is Escandalo de Rojo. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so definitely go check that out. Um, and I, I think it's great. So they covered that over on the podcast this week. I wanted to go give them a, a special shout out. Um, uh, the the awesome uh, Spanish language speaking stationary podcast, which is I, it makes me smile from ear to ear every time I I say that and think about their show. Love them so much. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a. Uh, I'm glad this is on the fountain pen memes Instagram because I I do find the humor in this. Even though if I was someone that was in the rare and limited edition edition Mont Blanc e business. I wouldn't be so happy Tony today. has put this perfectly in the members' Discord. I'm so mad about this, I'm never going to buy a Mont Blanc <laughs> pen again. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, it's just Mont Blanc doing Mont Blanc things, and they are not alone in this, and just be careful. Like, there's no need to chase, like, s- there's certain limited edition things that are like, hey, cool, like, I'm good, like, I feel real happy mm-hmm. about this, but if you're ever doing it from, like, a collectability and, like, a profit type of status, like, this is bound to happen. And as Kate says, it's a nice, it's nice to know that if you really love a limited edition ink, it will probably be back at some point. <laughs> Yeah, it's facts. Like, they that's what get I rid said. Of my favorite lucky orange, which I think they yeah. might have done. Uh, yeah, I just once wait. I realized that, once I realized I can always find something exactly the same, if not exactly the same, really darn close, I stopped chasing limited edition inks. Like, right then. Like, I was like, oh, 
this is how it ha- this is how this industry works mm-hmm. okay i'm good with waiting <laughs> so there you go all right, this week's episode is brought to you by friends over at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and run your business. They've got everything from websites and online stores, marketing tools, analytics. Squarespace has got you covered in one, just in all in one place. You, with Squarespace, they combine cutting-edge design with world-class engineering, so it's more easy than ever for you to establish your home online and make your own ideas a reality. Whether you want to create a website because you've got that new big idea you want to share with the world, or maybe you have some art that you want to showcase for portfolio design. Maybe you have some ideas that you want to get out with a blog post. You have a business that you want to promote and give people contact information, stuff like that. Maybe you have an event coming up, a virtual event. Maybe you've got a, a small like in-person event, whatever it is. You can announce that and have all of the information that you need on Squarespace. And all of this stuff is so easy to do with their wonderful templates. They have templates that are uh, created professional beautiful templates they're really customizable drag and drop tools but a lot of them are purpose made for you to get like an idea of how to actually create a business website and it has all of the pages and stuff and you just go in and edit with put a new all of your own information this is really easy to help you like when we when we were planning our wedding we made a squarespace website with and used one of their wedding templates and it helped us make sure that we had all of the information that people would expect because like, it had like a page structure and stuff. We could just go in and edit it. This is so easy, so helpful for us. You can customize the look and feel, the products you have on sale if you want to store, the settings and everything with just a few clicks. Everything's optimized for mobile as well, so it's going to look great everywhere. You also get free unlimited hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. There's nothing to patch, nothing to upgrade. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support. You can grab a domain name, take advantage of SEO and email marketing tools. It's so awesome. Go to squarespace.com slash penaddict for a free trial today with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code penaddict to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash penaddict. And then when you sign up, use the offer code penaddict and you'll get 10% of your first purchase to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. Real quick on Squarespace, they're making a change that impacts me. <clears throat> uh, not so much you, but it, it's a good change. It's, a, it's, an, it's an improvement by taking things away. They're removing their commerce app and rolling it up into the Squarespace mm. platform app. The Squarespace it, app, like the standalone Squarespace app, is so good now. Yeah. Like I use, I use both of those all the time, and I'm happy now that I'm going to be able to use them in one place. So I, I understand why they did that way in the beginning, but it's the right move to consolidate those. And um, I, I use the commerce app a lot just to move because both knock and Panatic have uh, Squarespace shops. So uh, I'm, I'm in there pretty frequently. So yeah, that makes me happy. All right, Mike, big topic today. Um, I want to talk about plotter. You may okay. have seen, you may have seen this on Instagram. Um, I don't even know if we've talked about it much behind the scenes this is a product out of japan um you can go to the existing website plotter-japan.com we'll have these links in the show notes but i have had one for the past month plus from plotter usa so what's going on here is this is a product that's existed in japan i want to say over the last five years don't quote me on that but it's let's just that ballpark it's not like a you know a 30 year old product it's not like a brand new product it's been around for several years in japan 
and they are bringing it to the USA. So what is Plotter? It's a notebook system is kind of the best way I can describe it. Um, it's made to be a little bit modular, a little bit build your own, a little bit custom. It's a bit William Hannery. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that a lot. I'm getting asked okay. a lot for that cool. comparison. Hey, what's the comparison between the plotter and the William Hanna that you love so much? So this is uh, this is like a, it's a planner slash organizer. It kind of leans towards the creative side, I guess. You know, that's what I get from their marketing, their website designs, the ideas that they are putting out um, for it and building this notebook for you. So I've been under an embargo. Let's let's get the disclaimer out um, from the beginning. I've been part of a pilot program in the U.S. for Plotter USA. They provided me with a plotter, a bunch of inserts and accessories, all for free in return for my feedback. And this, I've never been in such an extensive pilot program before that was run so well. Hmm. Like, they they did just an exquisite job. Uh, they've done things that I've never had any stationary company do. Like I've had these quizzes, like not quizzes, but basically these forms to fill out. Like I've had check-in points at certain dates. Okay, you know, after one week, what do you think about this, this, and that? Okay, now after three weeks, what do you think about this, this, and that? How do you see, you know, tell me your thoughts. Tell me how you feel about it. I've had one phone interview. I'm going to have a second phone interview wow. um, after this. Like they've, and I appreciate every single part of that. Like they've done a good job. So that's the disclaimer. I also know one of the people on the plotter team personally. Um, and so like, yeah, I want you to have these disclaimers that I got this product for free. I also know someone on the team. And I have the product in my hand and I've been using it for the last month. So now that I'm able to talk about it, they launched at the San Francisco Pen Show this past weekend. So they're, it's it's free for me to talk about it now. So that was the cutoff date for the embargo. So people want to know my thoughts on the notebook, on the system, on everything about it. So we're going to go through that today. You think we have time to cover this, Mike? Today? I don't. I, I don't know because I haven't <laughs> so, used this stuff. So right. So I've spent my morning before the show. So I put in the show notes, plotter, and just like the general things we're going to talk about. Then I went to my plotter and I wrote over two A five pages worth of notes okay. <laughs> to discuss. But basically, I'm going to break it down. Plotter has not asked me to do this. By the way, I'm doing this on my own. I don't have to do this. I can choose to do the, whatever I want with this product. So I don't have to talk about it today, but I'm choosing to because I think it's cool. So the base of the plotter, Mike, is the exterior cover, right? So that's what they're leaning on. This um, They're basically calling it the, the leather binder. It's the mm -hmm. exterior leather that has a six-ring internal system so it's like the the little clasps you know that you mm -hmm. just pop open and close shut and they're backed on this brass bar that's the exterior of the plotter that's like that's the signature visual for the plotter right like a lot of these brands have this signature external vis external visual that you know the product on site like a lot of people know what a traveler's notebook looks like on site um that's this binder system. So the internals, um, you know, there's there's a bunch of leather types you can get 
for the exterior. We're going to talk about, I'm going to elaborate on all this stuff later. Mm -hmm. The biggest size right now, Mike, is A5. That's what I have. And then there's several smaller sizes on with different leather materials as well. There's like five different leather types and five different sizes, but not everything, every size is available in every leather cover yet. The inserts is the meat and potatoes of the system. There's a ton of different ones. They all come pre-punched. There's the memo pad, which is just your blank pages, your grid pages, or your lined pages. You know, you just, you basically buy a pack of leather, a pack of leather inserts, a pack of paper <laughs> inserts. <laughs> that would be, that's a different podcast, Mike. Oh, um, a pack of paper inserts, and you can insert them into the system as you wish. There's also to-do list. There's like a heavy-duty drawing paper. There are dot grid pages that are A4 sized that fold into the correct, say, A5 size in my notebook. Right? Oh, it's wait, like a, wait, wait, wait. You stop there for a second. Yeah. I want to make sure a, I get that. It's like a, like, it's like a almost like an accordion. Page? Yeah, like it, say like an accordion page, but just like three folds, right, to get it into the right size. Wow. Okay. And you can get that in dot or isometric. How many of those do you get, though? In a <laughs> so they vary. So the standard memo pads, so like your basic page. Uh-huh. 80 pages in the pack. The drawing paper, since it's a thicker paper, it's 30 sheets in the pack. And the pull-out A4 pages, the folded pages, I think are 40 in a pack. I don't think I see those on the Japanese website. Yes, yeah, so there is a... F- it took me a while, Mike, to find the shop link to this. So I will put that in the in the show notes. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and tell it to you so I don't have to put it in there. If you go to plotter-japan.net... That is the shop. That's actually the best link to kind of look oh, at all this stuff. Okay. Yeah. It took me a while. It's not even linked on the, the, the dot com site. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know, man. I don't, I, I don't I'll explain. Know. I, I won't totally explain why, but there is some commentary I have uh, about provenance uh, <laughs> as, we, as we go. So um, then they also have diary refills, right? They have calendar refills. Um, week per page planner refills you know the the planner style the planner format that i used to use where you would have the seven days on a single page right and you just a horizontal block so that's all the inserts that they have for paper then you have your accessories this is wild the way they deal with this this the way the the a4 folds yes so now you can see it on that page what is the I, thinking? I would of not this, like it. I, like I would a, not like it. Yeah, like I can't. Like it's interesting, but I can't work out. Okay, I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna help you out here. All right. The overarching. This is this is this is my marketing of the plotter. This is not their marketing or PR on the page or anything. The overarching idea you should think about when you're looking at this product is this is for creative professionals. I mean, I'm a creative professional. This doesn't help me. It doesn't, but there's other types. You know, maybe, Mm. you know, you need these bigger pages to express the needs that you have to the other people in your office. Yeah, you know? but then I just would wonder, like, oh, I'm getting in the weeds, but of course we are. Why would you then just just have an A4 pad instead? I wonder if they eventually will. 
because this setup could handle an A4, although they would mm-hmm. have to add more. They would have to. It would have to be bigger than a six-ring binder. Yeah. Um. Obviously, but yeah, I'm I'm actually surprised one of the leather sizes didn't have an A4 insert, and I wouldn't be surprised. It's just because like I like this idea, but especially with having the way they're doing these like two folds, so like it doesn't fold mm-hmm. in half. You fold like it. In, let's just say thirds. It's not thirds, but that's the easiest yes. way to think of it. Yes you end up folding the thing in half, which will damage the paper. That seems strange to me. You also don't have to buy this, right? No, I know, I know, I know, I know. know, I'm with you. I I, I don't disagree with anything you said. I would not like that insert in my notebook because I would not use it. Like that is a, that is a one or two percent usage situation. I'm sure standard memo pages are a ninety percent usage situation. Who see this and they're like, "Well, that's exactly what I want." Like that is for me, right? Like I get Mm -hmm. that, right? Like this stuff is very personal in use. Uh, But yeah, this part, that part, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. It's kind of un. I will agree. If it didn't exist, we're not gonna miss it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. right. That's fine. But we're getting in the weeds now because it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're. I mean, it's going to continue in the weeds. I know. I now know, we talk I know, about but like we're focusing now we talk too about accessories. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Now we talk about accessories. So I have mine set up. I have two sets of memo pages. I have the two millimeter grid, and then I have the blank, and then I have the to do list in two, the back. And those are two millimeter grid. It's it's so faint. It's great. It's great. But that's so small. <laughs> what are you putting on a two millimeter grid? You nothing. Even, I'm can... I'm writing um like every t- I'm writing like it's a four millimeter grid. Okay. Which is still small, but that's how I write. So like, like I'm looking at the of... lines on my page. I write like in four millimeter blocks. You see, all the Cortex products are in five millimeter dot grid, right? That's I would consider that to be standard. It is pretty standard, and sometimes that's why I did it because like I measured a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I want, sometimes I think, is this five millimeters too small? <laughs> I need more two millimeter over there. <laughs> two millimeter for some, is a traditional uh, Japanese format. It goes uh-huh. back to, I, like the old uh, Kukuyo, uh, the, the green cover sketchbooks. Remember those that I sold with the pananic stamping on them? Those yes. are like the traditional engineering books, like the pocket, the original field notes, pocket notebook, hardcover, two millimeter grid. Because it was basically, it was a literal field engineering notebook okay so it's just stuck in uh, japanese sure, culture sure, the sure. two millimeter grids popular so all right i have those divided by some some of the many accessories that you can also get with your plotter mic um they have project manager management folders which I, is a really interesting design that they did here i think it's not quite fully functional for what they're trying to do i think i that's like one of the things that i put on my notes that i would like to see changed is how they designed it like the concept of adding a folder into a notebook like this is really good i just don't think it's exactly how i would have done it are they these little Um, paper things yeah i see them project manager okay yes so what it does so the reason why it's cool is because you can take out of your binding, a grouping of papers and put them in this folders, except you have to put the papers back through the binding in the envelope. Um, I would want loose sheets in the envelopes. So they're dividers, the but you have to, yeah, I see what you're you saying. You have to reinsert them into You have the to like punch. take the, the, the paper, put it inside the divider, and then re 
attach I get you. Yeah, it's like yes. weird that you have to like enclose the paper inside of the divider rather yes. than just putting the divider in where you want it to be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, but I understand why they've done this too, though. Yes. Because if you then wanted to take all of the things related to that project and put them in another folder, it's really easy to grab them all. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yes, that's like a little pro and con thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a lot of like functional inserts. Like one of the rule, they have a ruler insert. You know, where you just take it out and you can do different measurements. Again, think of this as a creative platform. Um. Their main dividers are called lifters, I guess, because you're lifting the pages, you know, between them. Um, I have a lifter in between one section that has a pin, a pin loop on it, right? So I can slide up in a pin there, and it's it's large enough to hold like a decent sized pin. I have another lifter or divider that has a notebook loop that goes. It's like the band around the outside of the notebook. Like both of those are very functional, very useful. They also have things like whiteboard pads where you could use it in a meeting and have whiteboard oh markers. Oh my god, this is and use incredible. <laughs> I don't necessarily mean this in a good way. I do think this is really cool. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot. Like I'm on their web. I found yes. refill storage, clipboards. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, they yeah. sell everything. Oh, we're getting there, Mike. <laughs> One of the weirdest things that I got that is actually, I'll be dang, this works, which I did not think this was going to work, Mike. I thought this was not ridiculous or dumb, but it's just confusing. They have a product called Leather Ring Supporter, Mike. And do you know what this is? I don't know if you'd be able to find it on the page quick enough. It goes on the front and back of... God, how do I describe this? It basically goes over the rings to protect the cover from the rings (laughs) marking up the cover in the front and back of the notebook. And it actually works flawlessly. (laughs) I can't believe it works. It does. I was like, I would never have bought that on my own. They sent it to me. I was like, what is this? This is dumb. It's I don't to need stop this. the indentations that the yeah. ring binding would leave on the inside of the exposed leather. It's genius. It's, it's a little genius piece of leather. <laughs> so yeah, then they have all the ex- external. So those are all like internal, internal products and they have all the external stuff which you found storage boxes sleeve cases they have desk random desk accessories they have a lanyard id case they also have a pen and pencil neither of which i have i which i'm okay with they're these fully knurled barrels like from tip to tail knurling um that's unnecessary (laughs) we don't need that i don't i don't think that's like awesome i think it's not bad i'm sure it's perfectly fine but you know it's just a, a standard tubular with a clip pen barrels and pencil barrels so they look fine i'm sure they're fine all right so like that's kind of all the stuff that can go in it so i made a list of pros and cons because that's what really people want to know let's take a break before you tell us okay yeah yeah i, I, gotta, I feel that. like i don't know if we've done a good job that was one page of notes we definitely have not done a good job yeah i think this is definitely one of those ones where you might also want to like look at the links in the show notes and go through yeah. some of the products yourself because it does, this does seem quite um yeah well this involved. this next this next section this will dial it in a little bit all right all right but let's take a break first 
And thank Uni Pizza Ovens for the support of the show. Uni Pizza Ovens, they make the best pizzas in the world. They are the number one pizza oven company around because they're surprisingly small ovens that can be powered by your choice of either wood, charcoal, or gas will let you make restaurant-quality pizza in your own backyard. They're super easy to use and incredibly portable. They'll fit into any outside space and can reach temperatures of up to 900 degrees Fahrenheit, 500 degrees Celsius. This lets you cook restaurant-quality pizza in as little as 60 seconds. With that high temperature, it's what's going to set these apart from like a pizza you could cook in a regular oven that just can't reach those temperatures and those high temperatures is what makes the difference they have a couple of really interesting models for you to check out they have a whole range of products but two of the coolest is the unicoda 16 this is a gas powered oven that can let you cook up to 16 inch pizzas it has an l-shaped burner at the back which is super innovative it lets you get even heat distribution and then also the unicaru this is multi-fueled so you can choose wood charcoal or gas for that one. Their products start, the Uni Pizza Oven start at just $299 and you're going to get free shipping if you're in the US, the UK or the EU. They also have an app as well to help you perfect your dough recipe and give you tons of pizza making tips. Listeners of this show can get 10% off their purchase of an Uni Pizza Oven, which is up to $50 off an Uni Coda 16. When you go to uni.com, that's O-O-N-I.com, and use the code PENADDICT0821 at checkout. They also have a great uh, great range of accessories, from peels to cutters to oven tables. Brad, you are an Uni Pizza Oven family. Can you tell our listeners why you love it? Yeah, I, I love products that make me smile and mm-hmm. i don't mean that in a singular use case i mean like literally every time i use it you think like this shouldn't work oh my gosh this is amazing and how fun is this and that's what the uni uh gives to us we it's just it's an event as far as it's always a fun thing to do with the family to make pizzas everyone gets to make their own and then the the speed and quality that it mm-hmm. cooks with is just you can't help but just be completely impressed and have fun with uh with the uni pizza oven it's a fantastic product like who doesn't want to make pizza at home this is the perfect tool for the job so go check it out right now these things are always in high demand because of this exact reason and because they're so good so don't miss out uni pizza ovens are the best way to bring restaurant quality pizza to your own backyard just go to uni.com that's o-o-n-i.com and use the code penaddict 821 to get 10 percent off a thanks to uni pizza ovens for the support of this show all right so back to the plotter mike i want to give you my pros and cons and hopefully this will maybe like help you kind of like put it all together mm-hmm. um a, a little bit so on the pros list i think the idea of what they're what they're trying to accomplish is is really good right the way it's designed the amount of customization options right you can kind of build it for how you want it to be to best fit your needs personally um the paper is going to be a thing, Mike. This is an S-tier paper. If you're not familiar with like a Japanese ranking system, there's not a lot of things that get to the S-tier. That's what this paper is. It's going to be a problem in that it's so good, people are going to want this paper in everything. Uh-oh. So let me tell you a little bit about the paper or Plotter in general. Plotter is not a standalone company. Their parent company is a company called Design Fill out of Japan. Design Fill 
is the parent company of Midori. Uh-huh. And it's the parent it is the parent company of Traveler's Company. It is the parent company to several other brands. Plotter is part of this family. So this paper, they know if they're making Midori and they're making Travelers and those are already like well-loved and appreciated papers, like they have a good chance at making something pretty great for the plotter. I am told that this paper was made specifically for plotter, plotter, right? This isn't a reuse of a Midori paper or a reuse of a Traveler's paper. I would liken this paper to like a combination, like if the Midori MD paper and like the 68 GSM Tomohi River paper were combined, like it's that good of a quality paper, especially for fountain pens. It's very thin, right? Like a Tomohi River paper. It's a little bit off white. It handles ink amazingly well. I put a link um, to, I, I did some ink testing yesterday on stream and the plotter handled it amazing. All my previous ink tests have been amazing. I want to use this paper all the time. Like this could be like the one paper, right? I could just use this paper all the time. It's that good. Um, another pro is just the the construction quality, right? This is a premium product. We'll talk about the pricing later. Um, and it's it's built that way, right? It does. There's no shortcuts. There's nothing like I question about the quality. It's just uh, really, really well done. Um, I think the lifter system is good because dividers are often an afterthought in products, and these are built to be part of the system, right? Mm, like I have mm. a, the pin loops. I have the loops built in them. They also have, I mean, the dividers, what I won't use them for, like they have printing on them like alphabets and, and font sizes, but they have like line point measurements, Mike. Again, like goes back to the creativity. You, know, you bring, bring out this lifter card and you can see, oh, what is the what is the point height of this line type of stuff. So, um, so yeah, that's the pros. Like it's just built well. The idea is great. The paper is exceptional like almost in a tier of its own and um just all around good so now the cons as great as the construction and quality is i think the structure overall is a little bit they've they're kind of caught in the middle here right so i have an a size a5 size planner this is the largest one they sell they sell some smaller ones it's the leather cover is thin. The uh, binding, like the the rings, are eleven millimeters, so they're left a less than a half inch tall. So it's thin. So it's a thin notebook, and it's kind of without structure, right? Mm-hmm. It's a little bit flimsy. Like uh, if you were holding a magazine, like a thick magazine, not like a real thin magazine, but like a, say like a thick magazine, you know, with like a square bound magazine, it still it's, it kind of flips over, you know, kind of, it's kind of floppy, you know, and that's fine, except you pretty much have to use it on a desk, right? You need to have it on a flat, firm surface, so they've obviously purposefully designed it this way because this is the biggest size ring you could put in there. So with this ring size, 11 millimeters, I can only put so much paper in here in which I can only give the notebook so much structure. I would like to like, I would like it to feel sturdier or thicker or bigger, maybe not too much bigger, but I would like 
it to be almost a little more heavy duty, but they've obviously decided that this is why that they've they've built this for a reason. I don't know what the reason is other than it's a very workplace centric. Like you have to have a place to use this notebook, right? If you're a fan of your hardcover 200 page notebooks, like a Lloyd's term, and you can use that in your lap, you're not going to really be able to use this in your lap very well, right? You're not going to be able to, you know, use it moving around that well, because Mm -hmm. it's kind of, kind of flops around. You definitely need, you know, like a desktop or a table or a hard structure, uh, to use it. So like, no matter what I do, I can only put so much paper in it to give it so much structure because of the ring size and the binding size, right? It's, it can only be so big and so strong and it's definitely a decision, right? Like they've done this purposefully. I just don't know what that purpose is. I don't know what they're trying to tell me with that. So that's my main con. Um, I have a couple of other little nitpicks. Um, is it real leather? Yes. So that's, let's get to that right now. Um, I have a section called neutral here because people are waiting for me to drop the hammer on the price. It's very expensive and I don't feel that it goes in the con section. I also don't feel like it goes in the pro section. I think the price is what it is and the price feels correct. That said, it is very expensive to get into if you're not committing to the system as a whole. So all the covers right now are leather. Um, There's four or five different types of leather. The least expensive runs about $130 US. I'm just, this is just the exterior. And the most expensive is around 200. These are just depending on the types of leather, the leather finishes. So I have one of the 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 least expensive ones, but it's it's really nice. It's kind of like this pebbled leather. It's orange, of course. Uh, plotter, big fan of the plotter. Uh, plotter's orange is their theme color, so I'm I'm you know I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not gonna say the price is a con because like for what this is, that feels like the price it should be. But it's also going to cost you a lot to get into this system if you're not familiar with it or if you don't know how you're going to use it so are you just going to use it as a refillable notebook well the least you can spend is like 130 dollars on the cover and then another like 10 dollars on the paper inserts the, everything else is re is very like inexpensively priced like if you want to just test out the paper you can buy a pad of paper like it's pre-hole six hole punched mm-hmm but you can try the paper for like 10 bucks or something like that. I don't even have it pulled up in front of me. It's inexpensive for like 80 sheets of paper. So yes, it's expensive. And the issue I think they're going to have is telling the story of why people should try it. So if I'm in a hardcover notebook, say Leuch term, that's just the kind of the easiest example for me, your standard a five hardcover, say I'm bullet journaling, I'm using it for, um, you know, my work notes, um, using for journaling, what is my reasoning for buying the plotter? You know, if I'm in the Hobonichi system and I have this planner layout that I like, well, what is my reasoning for going to the plotter? Right. And I don't know that they can completely answer those questions. It's a very much a standalone product, which makes it a little bit higher barrier of entry, even though you can customize it a lot, you're not going to beat, say, Hobonichi for 
planner layouts, right? You have your one planner layout that option. Maybe they'll have more options down the line. I mean, Midori and Travelers, the company that makes them, has a billion different ones. So maybe yeah, they make some different ones. Considering everything that they have on offer just to have like one planner mm-hmm. layout is weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then if you if you like if you're in the Hobonichi and you've already invested in like those covers, like you can get some expensive stuff in there. Well, why would you switch over to this? And if you're in the hardcover notebooks, um, does it provide what you need as far as like a form and function? I don't know. So I there there are actually a lot of questions about how an individual would use it. Like it's technically great, um, and I think it's fun and functional. So the last question. Um, I have Mike is, is, or that I'm, I'm trying to answer for myself is, well, how will I use it or how have I been using it and what do I want to see from them? What would I do differently? And I've been using it as a regular notebook, right? It has not mm-hmm. usurped my William Hanna planner because of the planner layout, right? I have to have my planner layout that is not compatible with what Plotter is offering so far. Well, so I'm not going to change that. question for you. Mm-hmm. Do Plotter offer a hole puncher? They don't, but this is a standard six-ring measurement hole puncher okay. to where you can get hole punchers for this. So if you liked something else and you got the A5 one, but you like the whole accessory-based system and other stuff that the Plotter does, you could very easily add your own planner paper from somewhere else in. I could. And here's why I won't. It's not big enough because I need one page per day. Oh, okay. it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't hold enough paper. Yep, that's what you mean by big enough. Okay. Yep, I will get. So Plotter says it will hold about eighty sheets of their paper. Their paper paper is very thin and very it's like again very nice. Eighty. Right. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. So, like, if I put in, like, 30 sheets of a different planner, like, that's almost going to be, like, the same capacity as what I have now. I just don't feel it's big enough for how I need to use it on the daily, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm looking at. If I'm spending this much money on this product, it has to be a daily use product. Is this a daily use product for how I go about my day? It's not because of the planner, So to me, and what I've explained to Plotter when I've done my interviews, is this is a secondary notebook for me. And that's okay. Like, it can be that. So I've used it for podcast notes. I've used it for writing. What I haven't used it for is any type of journaling. That's a Uh different notebook. That's a standard, hardbound, traditional, 192-page journal. Like, Uh I'm not going to use a removable ring just like I'm not going to use the disc-bound William Hanna for any type of journaling. I want those in fixed books. Uh-huh. So to me, it has fit a secondary need, not a primary need. And that's and not I think what you are... want if you're plotter because you're buying, this is a lifestyle. You're, you're, yes. you're buying into the, the plotter lifestyle. That, you know, that's why they Correct. offer literally every accessory including a bunch of accessories you never would have even considered before right you were getting in at a very high price point because you were buying the entirety of the system you have to buy into the entirety of what the plotter is and i think what it is i think like 
someone in an office, someone in a creative space, someone, you know, design, someone, you know, engineering, someone who's moving in and out of meetings, someone who's doing like physical work, um, you know, in office spaces needs to do that. Individuals like that need to have, say, like a more detailed planner, a bullet journal type system. I think they're going to be looking for a different type of product. Like this scratches a certain creative itch. I don't know that it scratches like a day to day um, planning itch. It it it's more of a creative itch that goes in here. So that's what I've been using it for. Like I tried to use the to do list section. Like I there's no point in me using that because that's all in my planner. Like I'm set. Like mm. and even if it could build the same system in this, I'm not sure it would actually fit. <laughs> in this notebook for what I need, right? So I think overall it's going to do well. It's a very niche product. It's a very high-end product. The company behind it obviously knows what they're doing, but I don't know how many questions this is going to answer for someone. You know, when they're coming to me looking for, hey, I have this problem, what products solve it? I'm trying to figure out what this solves. And I don't know. Uh, you're buying the beauty of this. It's really nice. You, but you're, that's part of what you're paying for. You're, you're paying for the design. You're paying for the modularity. Like, mm-hmm. oh man, what was the name of that product that was everyone was Instagramming? <laughs> Tig. Tig Mod. Tig Mod. Yes, this is that. <laughs> not, not in a bad way, but like this that is... That was way you, worse, but yes. <laughs> if you set this thing up just right, like... It's gonna look real nice, yes. And like, if you want to put that on your Instagram or whatever, like, it's gonna look great for you. Mm-hmm. And that, and and it's also gonna be, uh, you know, the thing. Honestly, I'm very intrigued because of how highly you're praising the paper of this too, right? Like, that is very intriguing yeah. to me. But it does seem like this is like a very aesthetically pleasing, in a like, uh, I'm fascinated by Japanese stationery kind yes. of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we talk about how I buy things, and if I didn't know of the plotter, and I walked into the San Francisco Pin Show, and I saw this setup there, and I saw the accessories, and I saw the covers, mm-hmm. and I knew it was $200 for me to get into it, you know, to get set up, I'm 100% buying it. Right, because it's just speaking to you, right? Yeah, yeah. But if you ask me if I'm sitting here at my desk talking to you and working all day it's not the first product i pick up Hmm. those two things can coexist in my world they can't coexist in everyone else's world right two hundred dollars is a commitment to someone to say hey i'm going to use this product full time yeah and i and I, i stand by my thinking of like that's not what they want from you either like they they really want you to be all in Flynn like do you just yeah. that this is what your world your where your world lives inside of right. the plotter so this in the in the hierarchy of design fills brands this is the ultra premium traveler's notebook because hmm. it's the traveler's notebook is again just a leather exterior cover hmm. you can actually make those you know, customize those to the nth degree 
and they just don't have the binding types, right? It's just the band, the bands you just insert have the other inserts. That's why you can you can build the traveler's notebook into more of a brick like feeling notebook, which I like, right? I want some structure and I want some feel and I want to feel, you know, like I'm a like a you know, like a sturdy platform that I'm riding on. And um you can't do that with this setup. Purpose. How well like, do you think this on is gonna work in the international market? Is it just US? No, uh, obviously not. Like it's you can get them from Japan now. Um, are they going to go outside of Japan and the U.S.? I don't know. Mm. I it's it's a niche product because of the price point and because of the structure um, of the the questions it asks for you to start with the system. Right? It's never going to be like the Midori MD notebook, which is just a standard notebook, a high quality standard notebook that is has freedom. Right? This notebook has rules. Right, so you're always gonna be, um, not have as the more rules you have, the less widespread the product is gonna mm-hmm. be. But that's not what that's also not what they're selling here. They're selling a premium good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, let's make no bones about it. This is a premium stationary product, mm-hmm. and I see no reason for it. I I think it's good that it, ex- it exists. Like it's it's in a good space. I think. Right, I think it's in a good space for price point and quality. It feels great. I would like to see if I if I'm building this aside from the structure. I want to see some non leather covers. I don't know that they're going to do that. What do you want? Do you want other soft or do you want hard cover? I want I want people who don't use leather to have an option. <laughs> is what I want mm-hmm. before anything else, because I think it's a cool system. And you know, but that's how a lot of these are built. I think William Hanna doesn't have non-leather covers. Um, you know, I don't expect them to do it because Travelers doesn't have non-leather covers. They own a another company called Knox, which is actually a leather goods company. Like they seem to be all in on the leather as premium product type of build. But but even like then, rotor- for people that do uh, leather with structure is also another thing and it seems like these are just like it's just a piece of leather like it's yes yeah it's protecting the paper from the elements as such it's not it's not actually providing you with any kind of surface right right where something like the william Hanna is like a stitched lined leather like a double layer you know there's some sturdiness to it Mm -hmm. you know rotor fodden has leather exteriors and they also have like the the bulky felt type interiors like the cloth and the fabrics that have some structure into them too. I think so, Rotofaden, I don't know if they also do, but I know mine was, it wasn't real leather. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, so they, they have Rotofaden eyes options. So yeah. I don't expect Plotter to do that based on the other companies that they already own mm-hmm. and what they make for, like if you look at the design fill catalog, there is no non-leather <laughs> options. I mm-hmm. would just like to see that. Um, but then maybe that takes away from the presentation of of the Instagrammable nature of what they're trying to sell here. So yeah, it's it's a complex product, Mike. Yeah, lots of pros, lots of pros, lots of cons. I mean, I want to see it too. Right, like I I would like to see it in action. Uh, you would enjoy it. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy it. I look forward to the American website launching so I can actually properly go through it all. Yeah, Um, so it looks like uh, October is when that's going to be wide open. They do have a newsletter list. You can sign up, uh, plotterusa.com, for their full launch. But yeah, I think they were looking at October. But you can talk about it from now. 
As of August 27th, when they went public at San Francisco, I was free to talk about it. So you'll see me Instagramming it and doing some other things, but just trying to do it from a perspective of, hey, let me explain explain this product as opposed to, hey, let me set up a uh, photography set. Yes. Okay. Which is how I roll anyway. So, mm-hmm. Do you want to touch on anything else today? Uh, let me hit this. Uh, let me hit one more link, and mm-hmm. then we'll wrap it up. We'll hold these Ask TPAs till next week. I did an interesting post uh, on Monday that I thoroughly enjoyed. I don't know if anyone else enjoyed it, but I got a book um, that I've talked about on Twitter and in other spaces before called Full Spectrum. It's from a guy named Adam Rogers who's worked at Wired, uh, the magazine you're familiar with, Wired. Mike, I'm sure, wiredmar.com. Yeah, they've been around for, God, 30 years now. Adam's been there for probably 20 years. I first met Adam when I was working for JetPens because um, we were working on some pen articles together. Wired would always have some gear uh, articles at the time. Back when I was a subscriber, they probably still do. Um, and so, like, I've gotten to know Adam a little bit just online over the past decade. Like, I've known him for, like, 10 years online. He's like, hey, I wrote this book. I think you'll like it. Can I send you a copy? And I'm like, hell Yeah. And it turns out this book is uh, full spectrum, how the science of color made us modern. You know my thoughts on just the idea of color. Like we've covered some of the topics that Adam discusses, like Vanta Black on here and that whole situation. Um, And Adam was kind enough to, one, send me the book, and two, answer some questions I had after I finished the book, which I devoured in about a week. Um, It was so well written and so just like... Adam keeps it very, even though he's like trying to teach you stuff and it's a very like a historical context of some of this stuff. It's very conversational and Mm -hmm. very modern way of writing, like really kept me engaged in it. And I just tore through it. And of course I love the topic. So I did a little Q and a with Adam, um, that I posted on Monday, which, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, that he enjoyed the questions I had about the book and I thought it was interesting and if you know me at all and have been following me for years, you know that this book was right up my alley. So I just wanted to give a shout out to to him and uh, say thanks for, for doing this. I was interested to learn that beetles make some aperitifs the color that they are. So that was good for me to know. Yeah. And the funny thing about that beetle, which we didn't go to in the Q&A, even though, I mean, he did, he did. But what the color of that beetle is clear. It's not red, which is the interesting part about it. Wait. <laughs> I'll have to send you the story. So yeah, the actual okay. <laughs> the actual pigment that comes from the beetle that's a red tinted pigment, the beetle itself has a clear carapace. That's wild. Yep. So how that's they, one of the stories of the book. These things out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so it's good stuff. I'm super interested in it. If you're not interested in it at all, there's at least one topic you probably are familiar with, which is called uh, the dress. If you were on the internet yep. In, yep. in the past yep. little bit, everyone uh, knows about the dress. That's covered green, in this book. Green, Adam. gold. Is it green? No, yeah. gray. Uh, gold and white, black and blue. blue. Yep. Yep. So Adam was one of the first people like on, on the dress when on it, it, when it, yeah, on the beat, like, um, and he talks about that, like, like how he talks about that from a journalistic perspective as number one, someone who's knowledgeable about this stuff before this happened. And then number two, being a journalist at one of the larger publications in the world, that this was like, 
an emergency pager going off at 4 a.m. in the night when this landed on the internet for him. Mm-hmm. Like he talks about how important that was for him to like get that story out like kind of first and then follow it through into the science behind um, why this caused such an, an uproar on the internet. So it was it was cool to talk that about. That was like in the same 24 hours, it was like a bunch of llamas escaped, right? And then... <laughs> I think so. I think so. And then the, then the dress happened. Yeah. That was weird. That was that was prime internet time back Sim- in the day, Mike. That was only time. like <laughs> that was only like what like 2015. It wasn't that long ago, yeah. but man, that was that was uh, different things were important on the internet at the time. Luckily for for us, pens and paper are still important. Very and important. We talk about them on the internet. Where can where else can they find us on the internet, Mike? If you do want to read people writing about pens on the internet, you can go to penaddict.com. That's where you'll find Brad's work along with many other fine talented folk. Uh, you can find Brad many times a week, a week over at twitch.tv slash penaddict where he streams about the same topics. Uh, you can find Brad's products at spokedesign.com and knock.co and he is at dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram, brad on micro.blog. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. You can find my products at cortexmerch.com. So you can get journals, notebooks, all that kind of fine stuff. Uh, please donate to stjude.org slash relay. And when you do, send your uh, receipt of your donation to stjude at penaddict.com and you could be entered into that raffle. And keep your eye on penaddict.com as well for the uh, uh, details about that so you can see all the products in their glory. Uh, thank you so much to Squarespace and Uni for the support of the show. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Bye, Brad. <laughs>